Welcome to the Rise Up Kings podcast, where you'll hear from the pros who've built business empires without sacrificing their faith, family, or fitness. The host, Skylar Lewis, has built multiple multi-million dollar companies, is an author, speaker, and founder of the three-day Rise Up Kings experience. It's time to rise up to your God-given potential and create a life of liberty abundance and impact to learn more about rise up kings go to riseupkings.com don't forget to subscribe for everybody that's watching i am pumped to have uh pastor john hansen on the show today so john is what i consider a world-class performer he's an incredible pastor of a large church of murrieta he's a husband a father and an incredible man of god uh, he's recently also became the on-staff pastor for Rise Up Kings, just supporting Rise Up Kings and, and what we're doing in our mission. And so, brother, uh, I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, man, I'm so glad to be a part of it. It's it's awesome to join you this Friday morning. And man, I hope we can dive into some content and bring some wisdom and help to anybody. Yeah, brother. I remember when we first met, I... Uh, I, I had stopped by your church, um, Center Point Church in Murrieta. Uh, we lived in Temecula, and we were just checking out different churches and walked in, and you know, several thousand people. And we, uh, uh, not in the, I know their church was several thousand people, and so we we walked in, and there was a, uh, a a a presence of the Holy Spirit that was just there. We could feel it, me and Jessica, and so we just knew, like, wow, something's different about this church. Um, and as you were speaking up on stage, and we heard you speak, I realized you actually had a a a lot of wisdom, like a lot of godly wisdom. I consider you a younger man, right? And so you're not uh, you're not up there in years yet, wisdom wise. However, you have you have that many years of wisdom, as we heard more and more of your of your conversations, and you 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 brought a message that was, I would say, more focused on connecting with people's hearts as opposed to only just knowledge. So you were able to bring the word, but also connect it to what they were dealing with in a really powerful way. And so I reached, I remember reaching out to you. I don't recall how I did it, but I reached out to you. We scheduled a lunch. I'm like, hey, I got to get to know this guy. This guy's on fire, like literally like bringing fire down. And so I want to go connect with him. We had lunch uh, with me, you and Jessica and got to really connect and, and learn more about you. You got to learn more about us. And that's kind of where our, our friendship started, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm so glad that you gave that reflection that what you came away from coming into Centerpoint was that you felt the power of the Holy Spirit, because that is something I pray for every, well, almost every day, but especially every time the church is gathering. My prayer is not, God, help me to be, you know, clever in what I say, but instead, God, I want everyone who comes and gathers here to get a touch from you, because I know that it's really the power of God and his spirit working inside of people that is going to bring the life, going to bring the the victory, ultimately, bring the capacity to, to rise up, bring the capacity, the ability to endure, to persevere, and to achieve, and to prog- you know make progress, and get where uh, someone wants to be. It's the power of the Spirit of God, and so I'm so glad that that's what hit you, because that's what I'm praying will hit everybody, it, it, and, and the more any of us that have an inclination towards faith can really grab hold of that experience, the experience of the power of the spirit of God. I think that that's going to lead to the greatest ability to, to overcome that, that we need. Yeah, I'm curious. So, 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 and, and I, I felt that even with our, even in our meeting uh, that we had uh, at lunch and, and so 
I, I, I knew I wanted to stay connected with you. I didn't know what capacity, you know, at that point. And so it was neat seeing um, uh, basically this this year I was at a point where I'm like, you know what I, I, I need. Right. We have we have our we have business on point, our training, our development, our teaching with Rise Up Kings. We have the physical side on point. We have a lot of our emotional and our deeper personal development work. And spiritually, we were there, but I wanted to make sure we had we were grounded at a whole nother level faith-wise, and that I was being mentored at a higher level faith-wise. I wanted to develop, and I wanted our guys to develop even more spiritually through Rise Up Kings, through our mastermind and our event. And so I asked you, hey, are you down to support this at a, at a, a little bit of a higher level, like a little more involvement? And so what was the reason? I'm curious. What was the reason you decided to to support on that? I don't, I don't know if I asked that before, but yeah, what, what made you? Because you have a lot going on. Yeah, you know, I think because at the core, I, I really believe in what you're doing, like the, the, the four pillars in particular, and, and, and just recognizing the value of nurturing and strengthening those four pillars of family, of faith, of finance, of fitness. And I have very personal reasons for why all of those things matter to me. But, uh, you know, the, the reality is that you want to, to reach men and in, in particular entrepreneurs and business people. And as a leader of a church, one of the things that I love to do is to get to go and uh, visit a guy who's running a business and just hear about it, learn about it, figure out what, what's going on. And it's because every small business, medium business, bigger business delivers value, delivers solutions, delivers uh, an economic impact, delivers a place for meaningful engagement. And I love that. And I recognize that leaders of businesses in particular, whether they've got 10 employees or 150 or, or many more than that, need to be be strengthened, need to be able to rise up, need to be able to have a core that is marked by integrity and spiritual strength and a physical stature that can carry them and a family that's going to provide a foundation for what that business can accomplish. And so because I recognize that you want to see entrepreneurs in particular and business leaders and organizational leaders rise up, I just felt like, man, that is something I can get behind. I've experienced the best things in my life when I've been able to come together with other brothers in particular and, and form a close knit bond where we can do what the scriptures say, iron sharpening iron. And I recognize that uh, we can find some of that in our church community, but in some ways we also need to find a broader network that isn't, uh, isn't just based on business and isn't just based on personal success, but has at its core a desire to be spiritually grounded and spiritually lifted at the same time. And I feel like that's what's at the heart of Rise Up Kings and, and your vision for it is, is to really see as many other men in particular rise up and be who God's really originally designed them to be. I love that. And I just felt like, man, I, if I get to be a part of it, I want to be. So, yeah. Love it, man. I love it. I appreciate that you've provided a profound impact on the guys uh, every time you speak at our masterminds, they, uh, they, yeah, they're all in on it. I regularly get messages from the guys. So it's pretty cool, dude. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I'd love to go a little bit personal right now, uh, in this conversation. Um, I'm always, I'm always curious how, how a pastor knew his, his calling was, was being a pastor or, or how you got to that journey. I'd love to hear a, your, your spiritual journey, right? When did you come to Christ? Where did you come to Christ? And then, how did you know and what, what, what led you to becoming a pastor? 
All right. Well, so my my story is probably like a lot of people's. There's been some ups and downs and there's maybe a part A and a part B. And some people have a real clean, like everything was bad. I found Jesus and then he changed my life and everything was better. Mine was more like being a kid in, in, in middle school, high school. And I did give my life to Jesus really and legitimately, but there wasn't a whole lot of discipleship that was taking place. There wasn't much iron sharpening iron. And then I kind of fell by the wayside and got myself into a, just a bunch of, a bunch of stuff. I mean, uh, drugs and partying and then a, a girlfriend who ends up pregnant and this is n- not the woman who I'm married to now right and 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 my dreams were falling but I got kicked out of the program I was a part of in, at Rutgers University uh, because of being so distracted and that brokenness when everything was just falling apart on me it woke me up and when that was happening it was the people of God there's this college uh, fellowship of Christians that really took me uh, under their wings. And, and these guys took care of me when I was broken, loved me back to wholeness and spent time with me, helping me heal on the inside and discipled me for real. And I, I wouldn't have known it at that time, but what was happening was my calling was being forged at that time because I felt in the back of my mind, something like what these people are doing for me right now, I want to do as as much as I can and for as many people as possible for the rest of my life. And looking back, I can say that was my experience of being called into ministry. And uh, I, I went, ended up going to China as a missionary for a couple of years and, and doing all kinds of different roles as a volunteer in churches. But then, you know, uh, when I was 26, there was the opportunity to become the worship pastor of a church. And, and in that context, uh, to be able to love people that were broken back to health and wholeness and, and the rest kind of followed from there. But it, it, the, at the heart of it, for me, it, it was about the experience I had of being discipled, of being poured into, of being loved when I was broken so I could become whole and strong again. That is what I want to. And have I feel like I've been blessed by God to be able to be a part of for almost a couple of decades now. So that's uh that's my story on the salvation front. Yeah, and c- d- didn't you start a ministry that was focused around mentoring or or uh, discipling um, or something in your church? I, I don't recall if we ha- well, we've done a lot a, a lot of those kinds of things. One of the things that we started uh, a couple of years ago was a school of ministry, and it, it just okay. it comes from the fact that you know when I came to the church that I lead, there were you know, roughly fifty or so people at the beginning, and just me. And over the years, I've really needed to build a team. And right before you know, COVID, we had as many as 75 people on our staff. And uh, you just don't find people out there, you know, at, at that scale in ministry that quickly. And so I needed to train people. And there's this verse in Philippians where the Apostle Paul says, uh, put into practice everything that you've seen in me, and then God will bless you with his grace. And so Philippians 4, 9, and I started this thing, I called it P49, based on that verse. And I just decided, hey, I can't just go out there and find pastors and ministers. I'm going to, I'm going to make them. I'm going to, in the power of the spirit of God, we're going to raise people up to become pastors and ministers in our church through this P49 program. And uh, yeah, it's just a part of what I feel like God's called me to do is to continue to raise people up. We, we raise people and we release people. I mean, there's 
you know, 10 or so people, guys that are around the country right now leading churches that uh, spent time with me. And uh, I had an opportunity to pour into and, and do my part to raise up. And that's that's part of what I am grateful for is that I get to have fruit that grows on other people's trees. So that's a, a part of that mentoring and, and raising people up dynamic. Love it. Love it. So good. It's so good. It's so needed right now. There's a, uh, right. One of the reasons Rise Up Kings was started, there's a, such a need for mentorship and guidance on what does it mean to be a man and same thing around being a pastor. What does it mean to be a pastor? Mm-hmm. Right. What, what do you need? What tools? How do you get equipped? And yeah. so we're doing that same thing with with the, with business owners, right? Equipping them um, with what they need to be successful and to live a life that glorifies God and the way that they operate and the way they grow their business. So I love I love meeting other men that are uh, focused on that and have that kind of similar similar calling. Yeah, um, and and part of what drives me is actually my own experience with my own father, right? I mean, because and and when the, even the the name of our movement, this Rise Up Kings movement, it, it beckons, it speaks to something deeper, that there is a need for for men to figure out how to overcome whatever we're facing. Our, our calling from God is to find courage and strength to overcome it. I think about my own father and my dad got polio when he was a, a child or, or a young, a young yeah, 13 years old, 14 years old, and was paralyzed uh, from the waist down for the rest of his life. So I only ever knew a dad who was paralyzed from his waist down. And that's back in the, you know, seventies, eighties. And, and, you know, people didn't take kindly to guys like that. I mean, there was a lot of uh, ridicule and whatnot. Uh, he would be thought of as a cripple or whatever. This is before ADA, you know, and, but I saw my dad overcome. I saw him not let uh, that grind him down. I saw him uh, dig deep and, and figure out, okay, he's got to walk with braces on his legs and canes with arm straps. And, and, and he would just do it. And he would, he would take the stairs on purpose, just sometimes to prove the point, <laughs> like grabbing hold of a railing and pulling himself up just to prove the point. But, you know, achieved great things in his life and his, and his business in particular, taking on challenges in business when it seemed like maybe a guy like him shouldn't be. And uh, that kind of fires something up inside of me when I think about how, how much of an impact he had and it had everything to do with just grabbing life uh, like a bull by the horns and saying, I'm, I'm going for it and I'm not backing down and I'm going to keep going for it. And for my own dad, he, I saw it happen in the middle. It, it was a midlife crisis kind of a thing when he was in his late forties and some guy, this guy, our neighbor named Yoshio, this older dude shared the gospel with him. And, and my dad gave his life to Jesus and his overcoming journey began to include the spiritual victory that changed even the nature of his pers- his personality for the better. And so I put the two together and I think, man, this is what we need more of. Men who are able to r- rise up, we're able to overcome whatever we've got to overcome because all of us are going to have things we're going to have to rise up for and in and show up better within and, and uh, find victory over. Man, that story gave me the chills of just knowing what it would take, right, to be a father and not to not be able to do all the things that you'd want to do with your with your kids. That would be that'd be intense. That would be a. Um, and so what's what's interesting is I've seen I've seen you go through some pretty intense health challenges challenges and some struggles, and I've been I've been I kind of watch it and I see how you handle it, and my uh, I've. 
I've admired and been very intrigued that through these uh, significant health challenges that you've had this positivity and this kind of focus and this overcoming attitude. I'm very curious if that was related at all to, to what you, your dad saw, to, what you saw with your dad also. So, and, and this ties back like being a father, right? Being a father, I think it's important that we do share the challenges and the struggles that we have with our kids. We don't have to be Superman. Uh, so one of my favorite things to do is when I'm when I'm sitting with my son uh, late at, uh, at night when I put him to bed I'll I'll go lay down with him and I'll tell him stories but it's it's not stories of me uh, uh, you know be, being a champion always it's the challenges I've gone through the struggles when I was messed with in, in in middle school like the things I had to go through the things I messed up in like so he can see the real human version of myself which would hopefully inspire him to kind of push through as opposed to being the stoic you know, uh, uh, dad, which, which doesn't show emotion. and doesn't show any of the real major challenges that we all go through. So, um, so it's interesting. Yeah. For for me, like, I think my kids have seen some of my journey up close and personal. I, I I look fine on the outside, but I have a genetic, uh, a genetic condition called neurofibromatosis type two. And it's, uh, it's this thing, it's congenital, meaning it's in your genes, meaning you can't really do anything about it. It's just, and, and I get tumors that grow inside of my nerves in, in the peripheral nerves of my body in my case. And they cause immense pain. I mean, you got nerves that are these little things like a little tiny wire. You get something the size of a marble growing inside of it. It causes a lot of pain, chronic pain. And so I've, I've been uh, for, for more than two decades kind of uh, dealing with that. I've had six surgeries and, and you know, to have tumors taken out. I've had radiation treatment for six weeks and, and it's never fun. And, uh, and oh, there's two parts of it. One is the overcoming the, the physical pain, but there's also the overcoming the, the spiritual pain because there's both. And I believe and have seen supernatural healing happen for people. And, and I believe and I, I minister in that way. And yet, personally, I struggle with this, uh, this immense amount of chronic pain all the time and dealing with all these you know, surges. It can be... A, a spiritual uh, mountain to climb for sure, because you can face some dark days and some despair and you're fighting pain. And sometimes when you're fighting chronic pain, you do just want to give up. And w- one of the things I love about Rise Up Kings is that one of the four pillars is fitness. And I know that for me, it's not just about like, hey, because I want to be the buffest guy out there. It's, it's not even about that. It's about recognizing this really is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like this this is the physical carriage for whatever it is I'm going to do on planet earth. And it, it hits home for me personally, that this making this a pillar of life, like taking care of the physical reality of who I am. Uh, for me, it's, it's personal because I have this condition that I can't do anything about. It's genetic and causes a lot of pain and disturbances. So all the more I find myself going, and I want to make sure that I can do whatever I can uh, to, to take care of it, if I can, on, on the proactive side. And so my, my story with my kids has been marked by them seeing me on, on uh, many evenings, just wrestling with physical pain, but still finding a way to, you know, show up and be there at the games and do the camping trips and uh, take those family vacations and push through. And for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not using narcotics to treat my pain. I just, I won't go there. Uh, and, and I find myself uh, finding unique ways by the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the challenge of physical pain uh, and physical distress 
that are kind of like a, I don't know, like a Jesus Jedi mind trick almost. <laughs> what are, uh, what are, what are, what's an example? You got me curious now. What's it, what's it, what's, what's an example of one or two of these, these things that are, uh, that you use? Just- yeah. So, uh, one is, uh, and I might get myself in trouble with some sort of extremely <laughs> religiously minded. I, 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 I figured I knew that when I asked that you were going yeah. to, yeah, you're going to, but yeah, here goes. So, so one is, is to, uh, I'm going to spend some time in God's presence and we're fine with that, but I'm going to visualize and I visualize my physical body and I, I visualize the exact part of my body where's the, where the, there's pain in with me, it's because of tumors. And I, I, I speak to that part of my body silently and I'm taking deep breaths and slowly letting out those deep breaths. And I speak to those parts of my body and, and I literally say, switch off now to the pain. <laughs> I know that sounds bizarre, but at, I find that God empowers that. The spirit, of the, uh, the spirit of God who is living within me, Christ in me, the hope of glory, right, is empowering that moment for me to take, take, uh, uh, take authority over this domain, which the scriptures call the temple of the Holy Spirit, and speak to the thing that's causing the distress and I'm, I'm deeply breathing. I'm visualizing the place where there's the pain and I'm speaking to it and I'm saying, switch off now. And I'm, it may take a few minutes and I'm not, I'm not saying that it magically makes everything go away, but I can absolutely feel this uh, sense of God's hand coming in those moments and allowing pain to decrease so that I can regain my composure and then be ready to show up for whatever I've got to show up for. Cause I got to show up for a lot and I'm, I'm not going to stop showing up just because I have a physical thing that's trying to prevent that. So that's one of the things. Yeah. We're big into so what, what I'm hearing you say is that you, uh, just because you experience some pain, right. You're still actually showing up. Right. And so, so many people, there's a, uh, I feel like as a as a as a generation and as a uh, culture, we we've become mentally weak, uh, meaning we we just struggle showing up when we feel pain. Oh, yeah. I, I'm off today. Hey, I'm not going to be the father. I'm going to go watch TV. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. feeling off. Like it's not even physical pain. I am in a funk. I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. So it's this mental weakness. Like you have developed some mental strength, and God's given you this through everything that you've gone through. Uh, I was interviewing a. Um, it was a uh, it was a military uh, event, and and he and I asked him. I said, "Hey, so so from your perspective, people that have joined the military are they more mentally tough than the mm. average human being?" He's like, "Hands down, a hundred percent of the time, they can handle more than any regular human being." Wow! Right, and so we can develop our mental toughness, and so you've developed a mental toughness where you say, "Hey, I'm able to." And God's given you the strength and God's, I think God's given you these circumstances too, or allowed some things to happen where you have incredible mental toughness where you can say, Hey, I'm experiencing some pain. I'm going to go push through it, do what I have to, and still be able to show up because it's not going away. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so on that note, uh, one of the scriptures that <laughs> I, I, I love, and sometimes it's like, Oh, why is that the truth? <laughs> you know, but it says your faith is in peace. Your, your faith, which is worth uh, greater worth than gold, is being 
tested and, and purified by the struggles, by the pain, by the difficulty, by the challenges. And, and I think a lot of times we just want them to go away. I, I just want the pain, the struggle, the challenge, the difficulty to go away. But God's word literally says, yeah, no, no, because that's the gym. Like that's the thing that's going to strengthen what is actually of greater worth than gold, which is your faith. Okay. And that's why it's another reason why I, I, I'm not trying to plug Rise Up Kings. But, <laughs> yeah. but seriously, like the, 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 the fourth pillar, the faith pillar matters so much. And that it's not about making hard things go away. It's about learning how to, uh, to receive the supernatural strength of God to be able to show up in the hard things and let them make us better. <laughs> I mean, that's like at the core of it, to believe God for a, a persevering, enduring strength to make it through and to allow the hard things to make us better so we can show up and make our world, our business, our family, our relationships better. That faith pillar has to be worked on. It has to be valued. It has to be uh, understood. And it has to include some room for letting the hard things do their work. Jesus said it. You're going to have, in this world, you will have trouble. You will. I guarantee it. That's not a verse that I see on a lot of plaques on somebody's wall and knit crochet by someone's grandma, but it's the truth. In this world, you will have trouble. Take heart. I've overcome the world. And this is our Jesus. And so, man, we take, take that to heart. Embrace the hard things. Let our faith get strengthened through them because then our, by our faith, we're able to reach into the well of who our God is and the wisdom our God has for us and the power he is willing to give us. We bring that into our lives and into our enterprise, into our leadership, into our families, and it becomes better than it would have ever been otherwise without those struggles. Boom. You need your own, you need your own podcast, brother. Dropping fire, man. This is uh, this is powerful. So one of one of my, my favorite verses is uh, James one, two, three, and four. I don't know if you're familiar with those ones, but consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so many times we push off these struggles, we resist them, we fight them. We why God. It's like, no, 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 this is actually developing your mental toughness. This is developing right. your strength. This is allowing you to be more mature, more complete right. when we fight the struggles, the struggles yeah. of business, right? The struggles of our marriage, the struggles of our of, of health. Like we literally just push back. Yeah. And in reality, like the true and learning to embrace and say, okay, this this is what it is. Yeah. And this is going to develop me. And having a different mindset around that ba scripturally based can change a man's life. That's for sure. You know, you asked before, like, hey, what are one or two of those techniques that you're using that they're like those Jesus Jedi mind tricks regarding pain? And a, and a second one is this, and it just, it's going to sound so silly, but really it's, it's, it's uh, comes from the verse that you just shared, count it all joy, which that's one of those verses that you, that you have, a, I have a, like a love hate relationship with. It's like, please don't quote that to me when I'm in the middle of it, but it is eternally. <laughs> yeah. I embrace it. Right. But, but um, the second technique, one of them is, uh, is what I would call simply the smile technique. And, so 10 years ago, eight years ago, you know, when, when I would have pain from these nerve tumors, I would, you know, wince a lot. Like I'd be like, oh, because it, it would sometimes feel, and it does sometimes feel like getting 
you know, stabbed with a dagger and the knife's being twisted. And so your natural response is to wince, to go like, oh, like that. And I realized it doesn't really do me any good to wince. And so what I started doing instead is smiling. Like when I'm feeling pain, I'm just going like this. <laughs> and, and even laughing. And sometimes my, you know, my wife will see me like I'm just walking around the house like this, like. And she'll be like, what's, what's, what, what's funny. I'm like, nothing. I'm just in pain. <laughs> she's like, what? she's come to recognize that it's what I do. But what I'm doing is I'm, through my body, through a, a somatic exercise in my body, I'm telling my interior reality and the cells within my body, there's a different way to interpret this. Yeah. And I'm stimulating endorphins and dopamine by the sheer act of choosing to smile and laugh a little bit. And so it's, a, it is literally a natural pain relief technique that has a physiological component. And, uh, and I find that when I do that, I'm able to, to shift the level of pain. I'm able to shift my own uh, ability to, to persevere and endure. So that, anyway, I wanted to throw that one down. Number two, that I was going to mention too, man, I'm writing a book and it, it's a book that'll probably get in trouble with a bunch of church people, but I'm writing it anyway. And it's just, it's called uh, pain in the ass, how to live uh, <laughs> your, your pain it. and overcome it. And okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, to be real frank, I mean, part of the reality is that the, you know, I had a bunch of tumors in in, in, in my ass, you know, to be honest. And I need, I need to be able to use language like that because it's my reality. Yeah. And for anybody out there who's, uh, you know, kind of hung up that I use that word, it's in the Bible. You got to use the King James, but it's in the Bible. So we're all right. But overcoming pain, I think is something that every one of us has to learn to do. And, uh, and there are ways I think that God has shown me that like the couple that I've just talked about that I think can help a lot of people. Mm, so powerful uh, because people, I know a lot of people that struggle with with pain and they don't know how to properly uh, handle it. And then they're, and I hope in that book, I mean, I'm not telling you how to write it, but right, we're, we're it's, it's everybody at some point comes to God and says, hey, why? Why me? Right. Yep. Why, why, why me? Why am I going through this pain? And so being able to kind of reframe that and, and come to Jesus and, and learn to say, okay, well, the, I mean, and, and what is your perspective? So my perspective uh, is around, around the, the painful things that happen in life, not just physical pain, right? I mean, losing a loved one, um, just going through uh, emotional pain, divorce, uh, these different struggles that we go through. So sometimes physical pain is much, um, you can deal with a little bit easier than losing, losing a loved one. So what is the, um, so my perspective on that is like, this is, I mean, it is, I hate to say it, but that's, that is what it, this may not come for me in the moment, but at the end of the day, my, from reading scripture, understanding it, my knowledge, the wisdom, the discernment that God's given me is these moments make me better. These moments build character. These moments allow me to connect with other people emotionally. Like if I haven't lost a loved one, I do not know what it means to lose a loved one. There's no empathy there. You can't. You can't have empathy for something that you haven't fully experienced. You can say, hey, I'm sorry. You don't know what it feels like. Um, and so I believe this is, I mean, and that's what I mean by character. So that that loss, that struggle, that pain has developed a unique character inside of me where I can connect at a different level. So, I mean, it, it does two things, right? It, it, it hurts us creates pain, but then it, it also 
puts us in a unique situation where we're now able to connect with other people. And we're, we've developed characters, sometimes some mental uh, strength and toughness. So I believe like the things we go through, they really, I can stay mad, but only, only for a moment. Cause I know uh, in reality, it's, I'm of all it's, it, this is, cre- this is making me better. So it's kind of right. hard to stay mad, like long term Cause I know it's just this thorn in my side. That's, right. that's creating and, and developing me. So what is your, what is your perspective on that? And I'm, and I, and I say that and I, and I'm curious if I'm off on it or if, if, um, if there's some truth to that. So I'm, I'm, I'm wide open. You're right on, man. And I, I mean, I think there's been, there's been a lot of wise ones that have kind of processed kind of question before. And, one of the things that I think helps all of us is to convert our, our why to what. It's not that there isn't a place for the why, uh, but when we don't necessarily get to have uh, firm answers to the why, it is helpful to move to the what. Instead of why are these bad things happening, it's what am I going to learn through these things that are happening? <laughs> you know, And how am I going to take what is happening to me and convert it into something that can bring value and help to somebody that allows us to move from victim status to agent status. Just that simple question, moving from why we're, we're a victim to, well, what am I going to learn and how am I going to allow this to become something that, that takes me uh, further into helping other people that moves us from victim to agent. And we need that. Just that simple move of empowerment allows us to feel less trapped by the pain and the question of the why. And I I think that uh, part of what, what we're going to see when we die, right? We're going to, we're going to cross into, into eternity and be in the presence of God. And you've heard this said before, but as soon as we get there, so to speak, we're going to just open our eyes and go, oh, (laughs) and yes, there's going to be a moment when the why will be answered. It doesn't tend to be here and now, but we get some clues. We get, you know, you open the first few pages of the Bible and you find that God, the creator of heaven and earth, wanted there to be real freedom because he didn't want us to be automatons. He didn't want us to be robots. And so he gave us real freedom. And in that freedom, uh, we experience the capacity to do wrong. And in a way that goes beyond our imaginations in this uh, prototype realm, the scriptures call the Garden of Eden, there were choices made in that freedom that ultimately uh, allowed a virus into the system. And that virus corrupted uh, everything that we know. But the alternative would have been for humanity to be robots that did not have freedom and therefore would not actually be able to love and would not actually be able to have uh, the capacity to create beauty and, and deliver in those ways. And, and God wanted a, a universe where real beauty could be brought about, real love could be chosen, but there had to be freedom. And we struggle with the result. But the, this is why I love the gospel, man, is that God decided at the very same time as freedom fallen took place to enact the solution through through Jesus. And so and we, we get both, right? We get the opportunity to experience freedom. And if we're fallen and experience the fallenness of freedom, we also get uh, to be found by the love of God and be saved. I, I mean, I'm so grateful for the gospel. I know that's, we weren't trying to be having a church service right here, but I felt like preaching for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's so necessary because we need both those messages, right? How to overcome and, and 
the the Lord is the way. Like that's the path. Like the gospel is the path, right? To yeah. to, to all of this. And so, um, man, so much wisdom, so much uh, uh, so much power in this conversation. What what's one what's one thing? So we have a lot of a lot of guys that are watching this. We have some women, but a lot of guys that are watching this uh, and listening to this podcast and trying to become better men, better fathers, better husbands, better men of God. Uh, what's, what's one, something you'd like to leave them with? You know, I, this is, this is something that is a a personal passion of mine. And it is that, that I continue to be this kind of person, the kind of person that would live a, a Jesus first word and presence every day kind of life. Because if I can be, and if, and if everyone who's listening and taking part in this conversation right now could just decide, this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be a Jesus first, word and presence, everyday kind of person. What I'm doing is I'm filling myself up on the inside so that I am coming into whatever situation the day throws at me. My family has, has an experience, uh, challenges, uh, awesome breakthroughs, victory, everything in between. I'm coming with the tank full. Jesus first. That means when I wake up in the morning, instead of you know hitting Instagram and TikTok and wasting time there, instead of you know just clicking on the news or going out in the garage and watching the news on TV or something, no, I'm I'm going to be Jesus first. Like as soon as I wake up, good morning, Jesus. Like really on my mind. <laughs> I would challenge anybody listening to me right now. Try that. First thing you wake up, good morning, Jesus. And there, he, he, is, he is willing to step right in and be in that kind of a close relationship. And it's empowering. Try it. Watch what happens. Good morning, Jesus. And then for me, it's about word and presence. That is, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to read the scriptures every day at first before I read anything else. Why? Because I believe that it's the, one of the ways that God speaks and brings wisdom and help and, and, but it's not, I don't want to just click the box. Like, Hey, I read this many chapters of the Bible. I, I want to, even if I read just two verses, but I, but I find uh, God nurturing me through that, then I've done it at word. And then presence. I want to sit in the presence of God and be present to God myself and allow my own spirit within me to become alert to who God is and what he's saying to me and what what is happening inside of me. Word and presence, God's presence, my own ability to be present to God and present to myself, aware of what I'm up against and what I need to confront and, and word and presence every day. That changes the interior atmosphere of who you are. And, and if you can begin to do this, to be a Jesus first, word and presence, every day kind of a person, I believe that you're going to see an arc in your life of, of transformation and progress and lift, because I, I see that God does that through this simple discipline, Jesus first, word and presence every day. I'm hoping that I can continue to live this kind of life. And I would ask anyone listening to me right now, give it a try if you don't already. If you have five minutes, do that for five minutes. If you have an hour, do it for an hour. But Jesus first, word and presence every day. It's life-changing. Mm, so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm big into personal development and growth. And 
my morning routine always started with uh, reading my goals and getting clear on what I want to accomplish and all those things. I did that for years. Uh, so I'm very disciplined in that arena. And, and the Bible was always after. I was like, hey, I'm too tired to read the Bible right mm-hmm. out, right when I wake up. So I'm going to go do these other things that maybe are a little bit more interesting or intriguing or w- whatever it may be. And so I would have the Bible towards the end of my morning routine. Yeah. And so about I'd say I call it a couple of years ago, I switched. I switched. I'm like, no, God has to be first. Jesus has to be first. So I switched. And, I, and, and the first thing that I do in the morning is hop up, grab my coffee, and then read the Bible. And so that has completely shifted everything for me, where now I have this hunger to read every morning. Before, it was like, oh, I got to fit the Bible. And now I hunger and thirst to actually read the Word each day. I wish I had more time. Like, I literally wish I had more time to yeah. spend. Some days I make more time, but that that shifted everything for me. It did cause me to rise in yeah. my just my love and my connection and my desire for the Lord. And so that that resonates with you, and, and especially those other two things. I, I don't initially think of Jesus when I wake up. However... <laughs> 100% open to trying that and would love and and I, and I know the results would come through that and then spending time in his presence. So yeah, man, beautifully said, man. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate your time uh, on this podcast and the wisdom that you brought on these nuggets. And uh, I pray for continued um, impact in, in the people that you lead and, and the church and with Rise Up Kings. It's everything you're doing. You have a lot going on. So uh, thanks for jumping on and taking your time. And uh, we'll talk soon, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in for more episodes which come out every other week. Click the subscribe button to become a part of the Rise Up Kings tribe. And check out the three-day experience at riseupkings.com.